Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Our text for today, as mentioned previously, is the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. I just read it, and it was really the basis of the whole hymn, so I'm not going to go ahead and read it again to you here this morning. But if you want to follow along with the text in your bulletin, it may help you out as I'm going throughout the sermon, as you can look to certain things in the text as I bring them out. In 2003, there was an article written in the New York Times that was entitled, Bring Back the Sabbath. Now, the article wasn't intended to be particularly religious and certainly not uh, Christian-focused, but it certainly was an interesting discourse on this idea that Americans no longer have a sense of rest or taking time to just Slow down. Uh, In the article, she suggested that we go back to this sort of idea of a Sabbath for, yes, religious reasons, but also for just some very practical and secular reasons. I'm going to go ahead and read to you a line from that article that helps you get an idea of the flavor, if you will, of the article and exactly what she was trying to put forward. Uh, It read like this. We could let the world wind us up and set us to marching like mechanical dolls that go and go until they fall over because they don't have a mechanism that allows them to pause. But that would make us less than human. We have to remember to stop because we have to stop to remember. This idea of rest or Stopping, slowing down is kind of countercultural, isn't it? Organized unproductivity. How foolish! You're not going to get anything done. And how often our lives feel like this, right? That there's just things to do and so many different places to be. But Jesus, actually, in our text for today, encourages us and commands us to slow down, rest, sit at his word. And and so sometimes the notions in our culture that we always have to be on the go, or we have to be hustling, or working hard, and playing hard, actually don't allow us to do this and sit at the feet of Jesus and just take it in. And so this text encourages us, and once again Jesus commands us, to sit at his feet and just take it in, the one thing that is needful, and that is the word of God. And so that's what we're going to do today, and that's what you are doing here. Receiving from Jesus his word, which is that one thing needful. The text begins by telling us that Jesus went to a certain village. He went to the house of Mary and Martha. Uh, Jesus was very close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In fact, it is not too long after this event takes place that Lazarus 
uh, Mary and Martha's brother was going to die, and then Jesus was going to miraculously raise him from the dead. Luke doesn't think it's important that we know exactly where this village is, and it's not super important for the text necessarily, but the Gospel of John tells us that that village was Bethany. Uh, Bethany was located about five miles from Jerusalem, and it was probably where Jesus would have stayed most often when he was going to teach in the temple. He would have stayed at the house of Mary and Martha just outside of the city, would have been much calmer, much more peace. And in some ways, we could say that this was Jesus' home away from home, or a place that he actually stayed kind of most often when he was in that region during his ministry. And when he comes to the house of Mary and Martha, what does he find? Well, Martha was preparing things for him, wasn't she? She was running about in all her busyness, trying to be a great hostess. And then we have Mary, who is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, this would have been quite countercultural, actually. First of all, Jesus going to a house of women. Uh, a rabbi going to the house of women, probably unheard of, but then a woman actually sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him, taking on the very posture of a disciple. Wow, that just didn't happen at this time. But that kind of annoyed Martha, didn't it? As she went about trying to play good hosts for Jesus, she went about in all her preparations, all of her busyness. And she became annoyed with her sister Mary. But even more than that, who does she really become annoyed with? Jesus himself. Lord, why don't you tell my sister to come and help me out in what I am doing, preparing a a meal, uh, preparing the house for Jesus? As Mary sat there at his feet. Now how does Jesus reply? I'm going to go ahead and read this again. He says to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Some translations will say one thing is needful. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha thought that by preparing this house and the meal for Jesus, that she was being a very good host. But really, she needed to sit at the feet of Jesus, be the guest, and allow Jesus to be the host and speak to her. There would be a very bad way for me to preach this text. And that would be to get up to here today and tell you, Martha was bad, Mary is good, be Martha, don't be Mary. Martha was doing plenty of things that were good, wasn't she? Going about the house and and preparing things for Jesus, getting a meal ready for him and things like that. But in all of her busyness, she had lost track of that one thing needful, which was the word of God. And that really is the problem here. It's not so much the fact that she is doing all of these things. It's the fact that she no longer has, is focused on the one thing needful, and that is the word of God. Can you relate? Our schedules are jam-packed, aren't they? 
appointments to go to, meetings to attend, work, children's sporting events, chores, cooking, the list could go on and on. And it's not going to stop. And these things in and of themselves are not inherently bad. But we have to be careful that they don't cause us to lose view of the one thing needful. In fact, in the United States, particularly this area of the country, one of our greatest strengths in a lot of ways is that we are very productive people and that we like to get a lot of things done and do get a lot of things done. And this is a great gift from God. But so often the devil likes to take the thing that is our our greatest strength, doesn't he? And he just flips it. And so it actually becomes our weakness and he attacks us using it. There's a story about a pastor. He was a busy guy. He was going from house to house, doing shut-in calls. He had meetings. He was preparing his sermon. It was go, go, go. And he came home for dinner. He had meetings later on that that evening, but he came home for dinner for a couple of hours. And the whole time he was going, or the whole time he was back for dinner, he couldn't help himself but keeping going. He was using one-word answers to re- reply to his family. When he did actually talk to them, he was talking over them and very quickly. And finally, his daughter came up to him and said, Dad, I have something to tell you, but I'll make sure I do it quick, and I'll make sure that it's really fast and it doesn't take up too much of your time. And the dad, at this point feeling a little bit guilty for the way that he had been acting, said to his daughter, It's okay. Slow down. Tell me what you need to tell me. And she said to her dad, Okay, fine. But first you have to listen slowly. The story illustrates a truth from the text. I have to admit to you, I, as a future pastor in training, don't always put this into practice very well. Uh, I go into work, and the first thing I do is not always open my Bible, but rather it's open my email and start getting at all the work I need to get done. Instead of going to that thing, the one thing needful. And then at the end of the day, I feel just as stressed out and bothered and worried by the many things that still are left undone. And I don't feel any more peace. I don't feel any more comfort. I don't feel any more rest. You ever feel that way? That there is just so much to do, so many things on your plate, that you just don't have time for the Word of God. And when you get done with your day, you feel just as bothered, just as stressed, just as worn out by the things of this world. Uh, This attitude of our hearts that says, other things first, God last, is actually sort of, and is, a sinful attitude, isn't it? And it's a third commandment problem, absolutely. It's not us remembering the Sabbath day and going to God's word and keeping it holy and finding true rest in God's word. But more than it just being a third commandment problem, it's a first commandment problem, isn't it? Other things become our God, whether that is ourselves, our duties, 
our abilities to get things done. And God quickly falls from being on the top of the list to even being in the middle of the list to at the bottom of the list. And it's particularly at times like this that we need Jesus to come to us in his word and convict us with his law and calmly tell us and bring us back just like he did, Martha, to his word. And what do we find there in his word? The great messages of the gospel. Messages that actually can fill us with peace and comfort and rest even when things feel like they're so busy and there's anxieties in this life and we're so bothered by the things that are going on. We open the Bible and we read about God giving a promise to Adam and Eve immediately after they fell into sin. Incredible. They could be confident of their salvation. We see how God preserved his promise of sending that Savior throughout all of the Old Testament. They were even exiled a couple of times. It looked like his people were done, like they were done for, preserved the promise of his Savior. You see a baby in a manger in Bethlehem? We turn the pages of the Gospels and seeing Jesus overcoming temptation, Jesus performing miracles, Jesus living a perfect life in our place. We read of Jesus on the cross as we go to the pages where he's, he's there on Calvary. We see him rise again from the dead, defeating even death itself. See Jesus ascend into heaven and now he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. He's going to come back. We flip through the book of Acts and see Paul's missionary journeys and how God allowed his word to go to both the Jews and the Gentiles and the many miracles that he allowed the apostles to work. The epistles tell us how Christians can have hope even during times of persecution. We hear about that Savior who is going to come back again to take you and me to be with him forever in heaven because of the faith that we have. And our faith is strengthened by this one thing needful, the gospel. After all, Paul says in his letter to the Romans, faith comes from what? Hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of God. Allow yourself time to sit at the feet of Jesus, to be filled up, to be served by him. Because the anxieties of this life, the things that worry you and weigh you down, they aren't going to go away. So go to God in prayer. Peter tells us in 1 Peter, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Go to his word and see those promises that are for you. Chiefly the promises of salvation. Life everlasting because of Jesus. These are promises that are never ending. These are promises that are changeless. No matter what you have going on in your life, the things that are causing you stress, these promises are always there and they are always for you. 
And they will always provide rest. They will always provide peace. They will always provide comfort. How then does this play out in our lives? I have a couple of just practical suggestions for you here this morning. The first one is maybe going to seem quite obvious to you. Spend time in God's word. And make it a habit. Maybe you decide that that's the first thing you're going to do when you wake up in the morning. I'm going to sit there with my morning coffee and the Bible. And I'm going to just let myself be served by Jesus and filled up with God's word. Maybe it's the first thing you do when you get into work. I'm going to just read the Bible and be filled up. Maybe you decide that it's best for me to do this at dinner time with my family. And we're going to sit and we're going to read the Bible together and we're going to be filled up. And you'll be amazed by a couple of things. First of all, you'll be amazed that you'll still probably get just about the same amount of things done in that day. And you'll be amazed at how God speaks to many of the worries and concerns and the things that we have going on in our lives. The second thing is this. The next time you really are feeling anxious and bothered and worried and worn down, kind of like uh, Martha really was, just set it aside for a minute and also go to God's word, the one thing needful. Seriously, you will be amazed at how when you open the pages of scripture, it, it fills you up. It gives you that peace. It gives you that rest as you go throughout your day. I've never heard anyone say to me the following line. I just wish I had spent less time in God's word. And admittedly, it's difficult to do. Because there are so many things on our schedules. There's so many things that we have to get done. But stay focused. Because yes, in all of those things that you are doing, in a sense you are serving Jesus. But much more importantly, he serves you when he comes to you in his word and fills you up and gives you peace, gives you hope, gives you joy, fills you with the promises that you have life everlasting because of his son. So the busyness, The anxieties, the stresses of this world, they aren't going to go away. They aren't. But when they seem overwhelming, and even when they don't seem overwhelming, go to God's word, the one thing needful, and be built up there. Because Jesus invites you, as he did to people as he was preaching, to come to him, all of you who are weary and burdened, and he will give us rest. That is the true rest that the one thing needful, God's word, the gospel, gives to you. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, may that guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.